Happy New Year, everybody. You know, normally, I'm doing something a little different today. I don't have my little, um, oh, it's almost like a, a binky. I'm on my binky today. Because <laughs> I like having that there. I, I like having, you know, the scripture. We, we're a church that goes through the Bible verse at a time. We love that. That's what we do. Uh, we're in Second Corinthians. We'll be picking that up shortly. But today, because it's the first, and the first of the year, I always take one or two weeks, and we're taking those two weeks this year, to talk about who we are as a church. And that's not without scripture, because my giftedness, I want you to use your giftedness in the church. Man, you're valuable, you're needed. Mine, particularly, is to be a voice for proclamation. I'm a synthesizer. I like to take the scriptures and put them together and help with the philosophical underpinnings of what we should be doing, because philosophy's hard, man. And a lot of times it doesn't seem very practical. But I'll tell you, the word of God is intensely practical. And it gives, particularly my role and the role of the elders here, is to give direction and, and to make sure you know what it is we're after and where we're headed together and all of that. And so I want to talk a bit about that today from the scriptures. And, and this is kind of what <laughs> I pulled up this week behind, I was at the corner of Hannigan and, and Sunset, and, and I pulled up to the light there and I was parked behind this really nice Jeep, my old jalopy, and I was looking and underneath the jeep a mouse fell out a little tiny mouse right it was so cute it wasn't a big rat or anything but it fell out and it started scurrying like it didn't know where to go right it ran over to one wheel and the other wheel and kind of where's it going to go to safety and then all of a sudden the light turned green (laughs) i had to go i didn't see whether the mouse made it out or not (laughs) but but the mouse was looking for where to go in this world that was full of dangers, wheels stomping and rolling and gonna, and I feel a bit like sometimes that, that's us, a bit. We're desiring things and hoping God gives them to us. We're, we're going, man, should I go this way or that way? Or, or I really want to have financial security and Lord help me or I want my kids to turn out right and I, I'm running over here and I'm, I'm doing these things to try and make sure that my life is going as it ought to go in this somewhat scary world. So I I, I want you to see today and to walk away today with this understanding of the safety and security and wonder of the direction that God has for you and me. That, that, That the world seems scary and boy, we can seem like a mouse going around. But in reality, and for what we are, that that there's such amazing surety and safety as we live this life in Christ together. So when we talk about direction, we talk direction for 2023 and beyond to, and to do that, I want to propose that we have renewed minds. And what does that look like to say we, we kind of get this scripture, this word of God? Because everything's about the word. <laughs> we, take, we take our authority and, and who we are from the word of God. So to do that, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the ways in which we, we go and the direction we go. And, and I want to highlight two wrong ways of thinking about direction. And one way that I think then that we should. So we're going to start here. We're going to start with this first idea is going up the down ladder. Because we are prone to do that, is to go up where we should be going down. I have a little clip. Let me show it to you. Here it is. This is in Poland. These guys are trying to climb the escalator. 
It's just slow. Oh, 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 oh bummer. <laughs> uh, you can do it. No, no, oh. Maybe slow and steady will do it because he's just past that guy. He's not doing well. Oh. Yeah. So the whole idea, right? And, and maybe you've done this. I've actually done it. Maybe you have when no one else is around in the down escalator. going, I'm going to make it up that. And you start running up the down escalator. It just depends how fast it's coming down, right? Whether you can make it or not. The tricky part's the top because it gets flat right there. And then all of a sudden, you start thinking about how, but, but the thinking is this, why I did that. Is that we, all the time, default to thinking we should be going up the down ladder, up the down escalator. The, the thing that Jesus did was come down to us, right? That's the whole idea of Christmas. When we just got to Jesus, came, became a, a baby. Jesus came to earth. But we think we need to ascend to God. We go up. It's, it's this progress idea. I, I, I feel like I, I could, if I just get a running start, and, and maybe if God strengthens my legs, I can get up there. I think it's the way. And, and I get that sometimes from Scripture. I hear, hear in James, for example, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Like, maybe I get halfway up the escalator, and then God will come halfway down to you. But in actuality, James is talking about something very different. I think about what the ladder is. What, what do I mean by that? Because that's a very generic little illustration text. Okay, Jesus, right? Talking to the, the, the rich young ruler there, the, the man who comes up to him that's amazing, says to Jesus, how do, I, how do I get eternal life? How do I get to God? And Jesus says, well, what, is, what does the scripture say? And he says, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You say, well, that, that's the structure. I, I, I can climb that structure. There's a ladder. If I love well, if I, if I love God and I love my neighbor. So the guy's you know, thinking, he says, hey, well, who's my neighbor? So I know what ladder to be climbing. But the whole idea from Scripture, right, is Jesus loves us. Not that we love him. That has incredible implications for you and me. Because otherwise, what you have is a church, and many churches are like this, that's trying to help you keep the law to get to God. Let's help each other keep the law to get to God, or at least to get to his blessings. But the law, and you've heard from me a lot, always accuses you. It is not your friend. It is beautiful, but you are not. It's constantly against you. That's the whole idea of the law in the Bible. It doesn't help you climb. It shows you're failing. I mean, it points upward, but, but the purpose of it is limiting and accusing you and me. Oh, I, I want to use it, but, but, but I want to use it for my benefit. And then when I see it not as accusing, but as my friend to help me get ahead, I'm actually an antinomian. I'm not doing what the law wants me to do which is break. Even last night, I was, man, I, I went to a New Year's party and played some games. You don't want to be around me playing games. I'm such a jerk. I want to use the law for my advantage, of course. I just want, I just want fairness. But, man, if the other team does something, I want it for us. Preferably in just the moment that would most adva- be advantageous to my team. 
How could they say you can do that and I can't also do it? Well, then we must be able to because we need to. And what I'm actually doing is trying to use the rules to break exactly like I would want it to break so that I can win. Winning's the thing, you know. Get to the top of the ladder. Football. Did you guys watch a football game yesterday? If you like college football and you saw it, man, I watched as some receiver caught a ball right, right at the, like, oh, it was really in the end zone. But, but, but I wanted the rules to make sure that it was maybe on the half yard line because I wanted the other team to win. And indeed it was and replay and they put it right. I want to frame, I want to do all the rules just exactly so they break well for my team, the one I want to win. TCU won, which is awesome. That's what we do, though, right? We say, well, if we can advantage, like, take advantage of the law in the right way, and we'll do some things together, and then we'll succeed. The Bible doesn't really like that at all, right? When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so we might receive adoption as sons. This is the pathways actually not climbing up. It's Jesus coming down. And and, and then you have verses like Romans 3.20, right? That says, "By, by the law, nobody will get to God. We're justified by the one who came down the ladder for us, Right? He redeems us from, from our climbing failures. This is the message of the gospel. This is what we know to be true in our hearts. We hold, Romans 3.28, that no one is righteous, justified, by works of the law. We're justified by faith, apart from works of the law. But that's so radical. We, we, we don't even really get it. We continue to go to works of the law. And we continue to go to think, man, if I could just get better, if I could avoid adultery, if I could not get angry, if I could do the right things, then I'll be okay. And you're not okay. Why not? Because the Bible says so. The direction that we go cannot be that direction because of this anti-scripture. This is big deal because our culture is constantly pulling us this way. Man, with some life coaching, you'll be fine. No, that's, that's not our message, right? Justified, which means righteous. It means your goodness. You're, you're not on the ladder. You cannot climb. Jesus Christ is the end of the ladder for you and me. That's a pretty strong statement better back that up Swanson okay Romans 10 4 for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes any righteousness you're going to have is not from your law keeping that's so huge it doesn't say it's the end of law for good, like it doesn't do other things, like limit you or limit sin or have a role in the world, all that stuff. I'm, we're not saying the law is over, now let's just all ignore it. No, no, no. But, but the way I think about my life, about the things I do, the direction I'm going, is not that I'm trying to get goodness out of this structure. It's not going to work. That's just the Bible, obeying the Ten Commandments, not getting angry, loving God, loving my neighbor, doesn't advance me at all. 
I have a tough time grasping that. I keep, I keep getting with a running start. I keep trying to go up the escalator, you know. Judging other people on how they're doing. Judging myself and feeling guilty when I don't do so well. And I have progress on how far up the down ladder I've gotten, you know. How much under control I seem to have gotten my sin. Because that's, that's obviously against the law. So, so maybe you, you follow me in this. This is straight theology, kind of one-on-one, right? This is the gospel. The gospel is the good news. The good news is faith in Jesus is what saves us. We read it in Romans 10 this morning, and, and we kept reading about, wow, it's so incredible that we're justified by faith. But justification is this big Bible word that we generally apply to this thing called salvation. We say, we say uh, I'm saved by faith. And what I actually mean is that moment when I turn to God, Conversion, I generally mean something like that. And you say, this all fits under that, Dax. Okay, I get, I get that you'd go there. That's pretty standard stuff, so let's take one more step at another direction. Let's say that direction, running, trying to get to God by running up the down escalator, the down ladder, is anti-Bible. Jesus came for us, not we come for him. Okay, we still try and go in the outdoor. We still do. Even now as a Christian, I do. Not thinking of my salvation. I know I'm saved by faith. I know that I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally dependent on Jesus to be in the presence of God. He tore the veil. He did it all. He's the Passover lamb. He's, I mean, all these amazing Old Testament images of Jesus. I apply them to my conversion. But now, you see, I'm a Christian. Now I want to think sometimes in this wrong direction, number two, that I'm entering the polishing room. The polishing room? Yeah, you know, the room where God buffs me up. He strengthens me. He makes me strong so that I can be useful to him. You know, if you're going to be in church together, we need to teach you and train you in the law so that you can best serve God and be more glorious for his kingdom. So down this road we go. It's another version of climbing the ladder, but it's particularly applied to people after they come to Christ. Saved by faith, but now we need transformation, getting better, some Something and, and again, this is not to say the law isn't good. These rules are great. We should keep trying to keep them just because they are what is real. But what's God's purpose for you? What's our direction that we're trying to go? That's what we're after this morning. And as we enter this self-improvement mentality, no, you're supposed to leave that room. That's the room of the old creation. The images that the Bible uses are the new creation. It's not to return to the old. In fact, Jesus really, I mean, one of those most famous little quotes, it's in all the Gospels. He famously said this, right? No one puts new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins. And the wine is destroyed, so are the skins. New wine is for fresh wineskins think he's actually talking about wine and wineskins no 
He's making an illustration about how he's bringing a change. And the change is so radical. It's not about, oh, well, now I became a Christian. Now God's going to work on me to be a better version of the old me. That's really common. Right? It's basically the old creation is the way the Bible talks about it is the flesh. It's not talking about your body. We're not Gnostics, like saying that the body's bad. No, when the Bible talks about your flesh, it's talking about you, your ego, the things that make you you, the things you're proud about about you. We want to buff that up, you see. I want to become the best version of me I can be. I want to, I want to adopt the, is it the army slogan or the marine slogan for the Bible? Be all you can be. It's the army. I got the jingle in my head. Be all that you can in the army. That's not the Bible. Right? That, that, that's, training is great. Training is helpful in this world. But we're talking about direction of the church as we as Christians, how we're evaluating, thinking about where we're going. And, and it cannot be that it's about, I'm in the buff, buff and me room. I'm going in the outdoor. Why do I call it the outdoor Because look what Jesus said in John 6. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is of no help at all. The words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. See, my words about what I'm doing for you, this is spirit and life. Your flesh, exemplified by who? The Pharisees, what are they doing? Trying so hard to keep the law as believers in Yahweh, in God. they're 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 not saying... I'm saved by this. They're saying, this is what it means to do God's work in the kingdom. Got to get in there. Got to get buffed. Got to make sure that we're all strong. We're strong morally. We're strong in, in, in doings for God. That's, that's our direction, you see. I think it's all over the American church, you know. Again, I use the life coaching idea. Like most sermons are coming in. Let me tell you four ways to be a better Christian. Let me tell you four ways to be a better parent. Let me tell you four ways to be, oh, well, maybe it's not four. Maybe it's 10. Maybe it's three. Let me tell you how to be a better, a, a better kid. Let me tell you how to obey better because, because what you need is some buffing up for you. And people come in and say, man, I got this sin. I got this sin. What's their goal? What's their goal in counsel? Get rid of the sin. I will be useful to God if I wouldn't sin. You do see the problem with that, do you? Right away, just philosophically, before we even hop into the Bible's view of that. What does that presume? Well, usually I don't sin. You do realize you sin every day. I'm looking at you. Well, don't look at me that way. Yeah. You don't exactly think God's thoughts as he thinks them. You don't keep the Ten Commandments as Jesus raised the bar so high in the Beatitudes. You can't even do it. It's like you never get angry at anyone. You don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. You're constantly kind and caring. But let's even take it to the realm of, of, of someone sins against you. You know that to love that person? You say, well, I forgive him, but I don't trust him anymore. Oh, yeah, run that by 1 Corinthians 13, where you're supposed to love what is love? Love, you can quote it with me, right? Love is kind, love is patient. Love, love what? Hopes all things. You hoping all things? No. I want justice. Well, you're not very loving. Well, but they hurt me. 
My, my, my goal is, is just to poke at you a little bit about, do you realize even, even our love for each other is so fallen? It's not God's perfect love for us that takes into account all our motivations and knows our heart and knows why we do everything. Our love, we, I don't know the motivations of the other person, so I don't assume a lot of the times that it's good. Maybe I'm wrong. What would that be? Sin. Oh my, I'm not the perfect. Yeah, Dax, we're all not perfect. I get it. That's been beat to death. No, 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 no. You don't understand. God's goal isn't to make you perfect in your flesh. Like you don't need Jesus anymore because you become him. No, the whole idea is God loves us, right? Before and after and all the time. So what I really want, what Dax and his flesh really wants I mean, is for life to be good and moral and safe and improving, financially secure, relationally secure, sort of, sort of as I define it. I want that. What's that? My flesh. I just want, I really do, I'd be so happy if we just improved the old creation for all of us. I don't care what's happening out there. People don't know Jesus, but we need to know Jesus in here. So we'll just have the old creation improved and we'll just be shining examples of goodness for God. Wouldn't that be awesome? That is not God's plan. How do I know that? I'm watching people die. That's how I know it. I'm watching hard things happen to people I love. I'm watching my life not go as I think it ought to go. I'm realizing I'm not God. Yet I have a sovereign God who does exactly what he wants. How do I reconcile? How do I take a direction with that? How do I actually, you know, Jesus says it's, there's a bigger break than you understand between the things that you think you need and the things that I actually need. Between what's happening. I give to get blessed. That's how I think. I eat well to prevent cancer. I, I invest wisely so I get ahead. I, I spend time with my kids so they turn out right. There's goodness in all of that, right? But we take it as God's purpose for me. Get me to do those things. And this is all old creation buffing. Dax, that's pretty hard. I know, I, I, I don't... If it were up to me, I wouldn't say that because I'm good at this. I, 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 I'm, man, I'm a relatively moral person by nature. I, I'm a happy person by nature. I, I, I don't take pride in that. I just, man, I do okay. But then I come to this word, and all of a sudden it's saying other things. I mean, here's Galatians 6. It kind of sparked me for today. Far be it for me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. What is he talking about? If, you, if we were going to spend a ton of time, we could go back and see that what he's been talking about is this idea of righteousness and this idea that, that, that you're good and, and, and you're getting your own righteousness by buffing yourself up. And he says, people are trying to push you to do this. And one of the main buffers is go get circumcised. Go get the mark of the Christian. Go, go put on the clothes of the Christian. Do this thing. And Paul's like, no, it's nothing. It's the wrong room. 
You guys are taken yourselves and trying to think what God really wants is for me to be buffed out like I'm in the gym. Instead, what matters is what? A new creation. What's that? Oh, we got to spend more time there. That ought to roll your heart. That ought to be like, whoa, God's making a new creation. What is it? Because that's what you're promised. So that's, that's the opposite of the polishing room, right? You go out. You, I, I, I'm me. I get out of that room. Uh, we're going to talk about how. It's, it's, it's through death. <laughs> the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Through death, through my, through my connection to Jesus Christ and his death given to me. That's baptism. All of a sudden, I'm out of that room and I'm in the new creation room. <laughs> New creation that God's doing himself. Right, that, that's the break. That's the idea, death to me, life in Christ. That's the idea and that, that Paul goes after in many places, but here's another one. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a what? New creation. It's like I ignore that and I go back to buffing me. Well, that's great. I'm glad. There's no like substance to that that I can understand. So I'm just going to go back to working on me. But you're dying. Yeah, but maybe it'll be good that I did this. Why? I know why. Because you don't actually believe the new creation. Right? The old has passed away. Paul writes, behold, the new has come. That's you dying to the law, the ladder. They're not being a ladder anymore. And you being in Christ. This is the direction that God has you go because it's the truth from the Bible. The old dies, the new is created. We want to go back to the old. To me, that means that, hey, if my, if my spouse is gambling, I, I'm after him to stop it. That's the main thing. They got to stop it. My wife is in adultery. She's not, but stop it. every sin. My main goal for me is that I want to stop it all so I can be perfect. Like I'm ever perfect any moment of the day. Instead, if I'm in Christ, I'm a new creation. What's happened? What is the new creation? It starts with something particular. Forgiveness. I am a thousand percent forgiven. Everything I've ever done. God is the judge. I stand clean because of the blood of Jesus. That's so radically different than buffing up yourself. It's not if I clean up, God blesses me. It's he blesses me. He blesses me. New creation, spirit at work, means the Holy Spirit's at work on me. It's a new creation. I don't create it. I'm not a creator. I'm a creation. I'm like, well, the new creation, I'm going to create myself. Who do you think you are? You're not God. There is a God. He makes you a new creation. That's my Bible. Saying it about you and about me in Christ. So the way that he does it is the surprising thing because he does it through death and resurrection. I'm so scared of death. I'm particularly scared of suffering. I don't understand it, but I'll tell you what. This is the means and method by which God will make you totally new. 
he will raise you from the dead. This is what he's doing. Okay, so, 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 so I, I, I can't climb this ladder. So going up the down ladder doesn't work. I, I, he came to me. That's the first and righteous by faith. And, and then Christianity isn't about self-improvement. Right? It's not about improving your flesh by your God-inspired effort. You know, you, that, that's the exit door. You're, you're coming into the new creation. So what is our direction then? How do we think about this year, this future that we have until Jesus comes? What, what is it we're about as a church to try and think about together? It's, it's um, the best I can do, and I've done it once before, is, is that we're on the plane. We've gotten on the plane. We have tickets, and we're actually on. Talking about people who put their faith in Jesus Christ, who say, yeah, I've turned, I've repented, I've turned from self-salvation to salvation in Christ. My hope is in Jesus. What's the direction I want to think about and that I need help with and continue to think about the direction of my life? And I, and I believe it's this, you're on the plane. What do I mean? The, the assured promise that God creates me new, my sins forgiven forever in Christ. It's amazing. I look at you and you look at me. Man, if you are with me last night, I went home, man, I'm such a sinner. Everyone else around me, I'm sure, is like ready to throw up on me. They didn't. They were kind. But, but you know what? But, 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 but there it is. What a reminder of right there is, man, Dax, next year, don't do that. Yeah, talk to me how many times I've told myself not to get too competitive about. It's like ground into me. So ground into me that for my crew, you know, I rode crew. The whole lesson for crew is if you're not cheating, you're not trying. We would jump every single start. We were winners, man. They rarely caught us. And you know, a half a second in crew is a lot. We'd get a good half second. And we would win, and it was awesome. If they don't catch you, you didn't really do it, right? <sighs> you sinner! Stop doing that. Do it right. Yeah, yeah, I know I should. But, but really, the most important news I could ever have is what? You're forgiven. You are forgiven. You are forgiven for not being that way. You are forgiven. God forgives. You are so clean in Christ, you can't even imagine the wonder of, of what that means. You are a new creation in Christ. It's beautiful. I have a tough time accepting it, but that's, that's the truth, right? That's the truth. So why it's like being on a plane is that you're actually on it with a bunch of other people. All of us can't fly. We can't in our flesh here. We, we, we have this, this ticket that we've gotten, this amazing thing that we've received and we've taken, and it's a gift I, I couldn't pay for. They just, I got, so I got on this plane, and, 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 and we're taking off, and we're actually flying, and the engines are going, and we're, we're going somewhere. Not only that, we are like 10,000 feet in the air. What a miracle. And, and I look out the window, and I'm like, whoa, we're flying, you guys. I know it's jaded because we fly all the time. But I can't do it on my own ever. It's not about my effort ever. It's about what I've received and the person next to me. And, and they want to be like, wow, you know what? You didn't use enough body spray. I'm sitting next to you. You ever had that? That's happened to me. Boy, I was on a flight from Africa. Oh, my goodness. They don't want to use, for some reason, it's not the culture to use deodorant. I wish they would have. But you know what? The reality is, 
But is that a big thing? No. Are you kidding? We're flying. And I got to remind the person that they're flying. You got to remind me because all of a sudden I'm like, I'm such a loser. Dude, you're on the plane. Can you believe it? It's amazing. And that's where you go, right? It's giftedness, using your giftedness without judgment. It's, it's, it's boy, it's, it's realizing you are the man. What do you mean? Like I'm the man? No, like you're the sinner that didn't deserve to get on the plane. You've been given the most amazing gift you ever had. To, you get to get on this plane with, with a bunch of other people that didn't deserve it either. But, but the whole idea is I, I'm the sinner saved by grace. And the direction I'm going is to make sure people know that. You know what the other direction leads to? When you start going down the road of, of, of uh, God's about buffing me, then it becomes about how well did he buff? How good is your game? How moral are you? And because you're not as moral as you ought to be, and you know you're not, you start hiding that and you start putting on a face. That's called hypocrisy. And that's what Christianity is known for. We are known for being hypocrites. What if instead we were like honest I'm such a sinner, but you know what? I got the ticket, and there's still tickets. It's amazing what Jesus Christ has done. You know we're on this plane. He has promised us that we're going to be new. He has promised us that sin will be gone. He has promised us that we're going to be with him. He has promised us that we are forgiven forever. Oh, that's actually the ground of my relationship with you, is that Jesus did that. Not how well you're doing otherwise on climbing the down escalator. What needs to go is my sense of personal righteousness, my dependence on self-keeping of the law instead of the real righteousness of Jesus Christ given to me. Man, we need that. How how do we capture that on a daily basis? How how do we as a church go forward in that? Well, we, we make sure that we're proclaiming it, that that's the message that God has. He's not had some other message for you. We make sure that we're taking communion because communion is the, the acting out of receiving the body and blood of Christ. N- not us promising. You see how it can go the other way? Oh, Lord, I promise I'll climb up to you and be good so that I'm worthy of taking your communion. Baloney. You're taking communion going, I'm receiving this wondrous gift of the airplane ticket. I actually received it with all these other losers. And I am one too. I don't deserve to be on the plane. But that's what we want to encourage each other that you are, that actually it's true, that it, that's the purpose of God. This amazing message is what he wants going out, is that you have this. It's not gone. It's not lost. It's not, it's not in order that you be something else. It's that God is making a new creation. Who's doing that? The Holy Spirit. Is he going to do it? Yes. Is it up to you? No. Not up to you. I'm so grateful it's not up to me. My old lens, if I'm not seeing rightly and I'm going the wrong direction, my old lens is that I see negative events that happen to me. I see them as God's displeasure. I see them as him trying to buff me a little bit better. Him trying to shape me into someone that's stronger for his use. And that implies I'm not useful now and it's not up to the Holy Spirit. It's up to me. That's the old room. You know, God does discipline who he loves. He does, but he, he creates what he wants. He's creating me as he wants to. That's what he's doing. There's, 
there's this reality that we are all dying and we will all be resurrected. And that's a work of God alone. I have no handle on it. My old lens sees this, this idea. I look at people and if they're sinning, if they keep sinning, I'm like, oh, that person's not saved. You ever done that? Oh, man. Can you believe that? They did that. They're, they're, they're not saved. A new lens says, no, 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 wait. The grace of God has come. It's about forgiveness. Have they received Christ? Not have they managed to like finally kick the habit. You've got habits too, you know, a lot of which you don't even know. And they're sinful. And they're covered by the grace of God and forgiveness. That's where we live. Doesn't mean we don't hate sin. Paul didn't say, well, therefore, I just am so excited that I sin. No, look what he says. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Right? Paul's like, I'm so bad, says the apostle Paul. Who's going to deliver me from this body of death? This flesh that keeps wanting to, to, to grow myself, that keeps wanting people to have accolades for me, that keeps wanting reputations high and keeps wanting everything about me, me, me. Who's going to save me from this wrong thinking that I keep trying to climb the ladder? And then he goes on, right? This is Romans 7 to Romans 8. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because that's our salvation. What Jesus has done for us. People need to hear that. You need to hear it. Other people need to hear it. You need to be talking about it. This is our direction, is to help each other know that this is the truth because this is what frees you from the actual sin is knowing that you're forgiven This is it, you guys. Coming back to the word of God. So there's not much question this morning. That my problem is always me. My personal problem, and maybe it's not yours, but one of my personal problems is I love to win. I want to win for me. I I repent of that. I'm forgiven. I know I am. But my then approach is that if I can frame the law just right, I can disqualify you and qualify me. This is the wrong direction. The right direction for you and me is not to be climbing this ladder that we we can't help but try. When we fall, the right direction is we're reminding each other we're on the plane. You and I together. God is making us a new creation. Hey, he will give you love. You will have a desire to bless somebody. Go do it, will you? You you do lots of that. That's so fabulous. But the underlying direction we're going is the reminder that we are loved, not that we love well. And we have to stay there. We have to hold fast. We cannot move from from this that's that's received in the word of God, that's imaged in our baptism and communion, that the very fellowship that we have is is us gathered here together, not climbing a ladder, but receiving forgiveness, the death and resurrection of Christ for us. And our victory over death is through death to resurrected life. So so that means, and and I'm, I'm ending here, that means Really, truly, and as a doctor, I say this because I, I, that's what I did for many years. There's such suffering and hardness because I don't want to die because I want strength in life. 
And God brings me through death to life. And it's scary, and I have no actual like ability. I, I think I do because I've eaten well. I'll last another three years or four years or 10 years or 15 years. Because I've exercised more, I'll do. But, but at the end of the day, I die. And you die too. And, and so my hope and the hope that we have is gathered around this. And this is 2 Corinthians 4, and we, we covered this earlier. Uh, for this light momentary affliction... He's talking about all the ways that I, I don't see it well that God has me is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Jesus Christ has done it and he will raise us from the dead. We are a new creation by his promise and he will not ever let us go. This is the fabulous hope that we live in and why I'm so glad to be on this airplane with you. Let's fly and be amazed that God has done it for us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your direction for your church. Thank you for your word and your scriptures that, Lord, go against my logic and my own even desires for me to be stronger, for us to grow victorious in ourselves. And Lord, we are humbled. And we come back and we don't boast in anything but your cross. Thank you for what you, God, have done for us in coming to earth and dying on a cross and rising from the dead, proclaiming life to us, and thus we have it. Lord, help us to believe it, to trust it, to trust you. And Lord, I pray that you would bear the fruit in this room of us encouraging each other in this, of us being a people who live for that, who proclaim it loudly, who are imperfect amazing lovers because you loved us first. We're so grateful, Lord, in your name. Amen.